Back in here live on a Wednesday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D. Mace, Marquise, the big finish coming up at 9.45. We'll also talk a little hockey this hour. Our buddy Adam Vingen from The Athletic will stop by at 9.30. Uh, about 10 minutes from now, Derek Mason is angry about one thing in the NFL that transpired Monday night. We will get to that coming up in the next segment. Uh, but a little basketball, and no, not Clippers-Lakers. No, not New Orleans-Toronto. 81 more games to go, boys. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Lakers clearly playoff bound at some point, you would think. Unless yes. unless things go south and they go 0-82. Well, LeBron could be hurt again. Could be. Yeah. But basketball yesterday with two members of this show. Oh, yeah. Um, not 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 a lot to say here. Um, but, but, you know, Nick and I have a, an ongoing feud with Marquise and Calvin. A uh, potential two-on-two battle where these two young fellas who have two youngins who clearly have no experience in life, these young bucks, and they want to take us on. They've been challenging us, Nick. They've been talking a lot of smack, uh, yak at us, and I don't really. I actually haven't said anything. That's been you guys. I just kind of defend myself as you talk bad about me, but it's all good. I, I have not said a negative word about you yet. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all I'm good with the, your age. I'm all good with a little bit of yak because we know under Marcus Mariota we don't get much yak <laughs> yards after the catch. Isn't, isn't that the isn't that the receivers? Well, anyway, could be. It, it, also, it's you know Derek Mason got a victory this weekend. He's at home with the yak. Um, so yeah, you know that. <laughs> so I so Calvin's like, oh, I can dunk, boys. I can dunk. Marquise, you you're right. You've been relatively uh, quiet back there about this. We will eventually play. Well, I got myself a little scouting report yesterday. Nick, uh, Joe Rexroad and Teresa Walker joined us, and we were all out there at the park, you know, outdoor court, you know, because that's how we do it. And, you know, Rexroad, I think Rexroad is about your age, Derek, um, mm-hmm. like 66. And <laughs> Damn you. 46, actually. Uh, Rex, Rexy's got some moves. He must have played as a, as a kid in high school because he's been coached, right? You can tell when a guy's been coached. He's got the up and under. He's got the left hand. He's got a set jump jump shot. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Teresa, give her a lot of credit. Just absolutely out there busting it, working hard. Um, I'm not going to say her age because that's just not right. I just don't feel right about that. So you can uh, reveal it. 23. Um, it's she's, fine. She's 23. She's, 23. she's, she's still, got, still got game. Let's just put it that way. Um, so Marquise and I, I really wanted to learn about Marquise, though, because – he said he was. Would you, how'd you describe yourself? A slasher. Slasher. And that, that would, can't shoot. That would be. You, you. You're not bad. You're not a bad shooter. Um, he knocked down a few jumpers yesterday. Marquise did. Um, I did not. Were these mid range jumpers? Because that's a lost art in the NBA. Um. Well. The, yeah. I mean, this is a street court, so almost everything's kind of mid range. Everything was one, so we're not taking threes. You know. Um. He he is a very physical, violent basketball player. Um, which, 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 <laughs> to say the least, which I enjoy because I also flail a lot when I play basketball. Joe Rexroad throws that rumpus around a lot when he mm-hmm. plays basketball, and I like that. I yeah, enjoy, if you got a rumpus, you got to throw it around. I enjoy physicality, even at thirty six. Now, there's parts of my body today that I have that are hurting, that have not hurt in a long time because I haven't used those muscles in a long time, uh, like like the glutes. You know, you, you use the glutes when you play basketball. Uh-huh. I think I think Nick and I though, after watching Marquise play yesterday and, and basically Ding him up the entire time, um, I think Mar- I think Nick and I can take Calvin and Marquise in a two on two battle. Now, are we going to get D Mace to come out? Are you? Are, you can be you, the ref. I know your legs aren't what they used to be after being in the league for fifteen years, but could you I, still go half court? Oh, of course, I go full court. What are you talking about? Oh, no, no, we just need a ref because it's two on two. Yeah. So we need a ref. 
Hey, and I want a I want a clean, objective referee. Like I want someone who's I'm not calling charge everything. I'm calling. That's everything. good. That's fine. Because then Marquise is out in the first five minutes. So <laughs> is Marquise? Is he an overly aggressive defender? Yes. Like I'd go to the because I will kill him to death with a pump fake. Well, and that's that's the I way. will use his aggressiveness against him because I'm an unathletic white guy who's got a great jump shot. So what do I do when I whoa, know whoa, I'm wait, a, wait, wait, time out, time out. I'm not overly aggressive. I'm going to hit defense. you with the head. I'm, I'm an intense, I'm a Tony uh, Allen see, style defender. Here's what That's, I do, though. Yeah, you're, yeah, that might be pretty right. That might be pretty My accurate. pump fake will get you. Head fake game is strong. <laughs> and I'll bust out a keem every now and then where I go baseline, fake it underneath, come back, fake the pump, get you a second time, and then go glass. So uh, now, in, in, in all fairness, Marquise. Well, dream shake. I, I backed him down, spun left to the baseline, little elevation fade away. And and I and I said you didn't expect that elevation, did you, Marquise? And he said no, I didn't. He couldn't get there. He couldn't get the hand in the face. Well, when we played the last time last year, somewhere inside, you grabbed rim a couple times. I mean, you can get up. I, I'm not. I can't get rim anymore. I'm just going to tell you. You did a year ago. Uh, yeah. I'm not I, saying you dunked, but you could. You yeah, were able yeah, to grab yeah. and pull I, the rim. I, I've, I've gained a few lbs. Uh, had an extra kid. <laughs> um, so can't. I don't think I can get rim anymore. <laughs> yeah, a few Lebrons. He had a kid. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. No, you had a kid. I, I have one. When did that happen? I have one. I have. I have an extra one. How did now. it feel? I, listen, I am responsible. How long were you in labor? Hey, shut up, guys. You know Honey, I, mean. I will match you pound for pound during pregnancy. Look, this is about making fun of Marquise. Okay, shut up, both of you. Okay, no, Marquise is a, a, a valiant con, con, competitor. I think it's going to be a good game, a good mm-hmm. match. I enjoyed playing against him yesterday. Uh, I think we're pretty even. Mm-hmm. Um, here, the one thing I will say. All four of us were huffing and puffing after about five points. Man, the, it was those, those cheese puffs and <laughs> and whiskey catches up to you at twenty nine. Oh. Hey guys, I know I we said like we're gonna. Pl- I know we're gonna play to eleven, but let's let's reconsider. Let's go to five. To, to be fair to mm. us, even though we were dying after five possessions total, we did play three full games to mm. eleven. Um, and here's the thing, though: Rex at forty six, Teresa and me, we have an excuse for huffing and puffing. The twenty nine year old does not. Have an excuse for huffing and puffing. I use my doors for other things. Thank you. <laughs> so this was everybody that showed up, or do we have more? Was there other people? Uh, there'll be a lot more. Uh, the, the, the media game will, will will pick up on Friday. It's a Tuesday and Friday. Look, thing, so. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the the typical coaching spiel. I had a bad game. I struggled. I didn't use my legs a lot on inside game. I didn't use my legs a lot. I should have. I'm very tall. And I, I kind of just elevated a slight, a little bit. You've rather got good than, range. Yeah, you've got elevate. Wait, wait. You're very tall. I'm very tall. You're like 5'11". <laughs> no, I'm 6'2". You're 6'2"? Yeah. Well, I don't about, think I've ever seen Marquise stand there. We're about the same height. Yeah. Marquise I and I. I Marquise I, is 6'2"? I don't think I've ever seen Marquise stand up. I, I, I must have never stood next to Marquise because I, I swear to God. You guys me in a chair like Dr. I X from... I've <laughs> never stood next to Marquise, no, Mar- honestly. Yeah, Marquise and I are about the same height. Yeah. I've never really stood next. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I've never really stood next to Marquise, or at least I didn't notice. In, in all fairness, I would say that you and I are a pretty good match, actually. Like Marquise and I went head to head. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, we're, we're uh, uh, Braden and Marquise are a match. Uh, swipe right, and then uh, ones and twos. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Cupid just shot the arrow. The, the problem is, is Nick won't be able to guard Bar- Calvin. Y- 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 you don't think? I don't think Nick can guard Calvin. Um, I think Calvin is the best athlete of the four of us. He's a little lanky, and he says he can dunk, which is pretty insane. He's probably mm. the better athlete. So right. you, oh, yeah. if he tries dunking on me, I'm just going to undercut him. 
Oh, wow. So <laughs> you gonna take him out? You that, might kill that, him, man. That, that's like the biggest violation in pickup ball. Yeah. When yeah. you know a guy's capable of dunking and you get underneath yeah. him and undercut 100%. him. That's yeah, where yeah, fights yeah. happen. This is why I like your style, Marquise, of the physicality, and I just enjoy that style because it's never dirty like that. Like, you, you're going to bump a lot. You're going to knock a lot. We're, we're, there's going to be a lot of hitting, but you're never. it's never going to be dirty. Like, I, you're just... You and I just both flail a little bit. We yeah. like to throw our bodies around. We, a little we bit. do, but and it's always been because I've always been skinny, like my whole life, still am. But I've actually have gain, like gain weight, so I like to throw my weight, all my weight, yeah. on certain people. I just, you know, that weight has gained a little forty pounds <laughs> or so. So, Damn. so you know, um, Good Lord, I, man. yeah, I was like, you don't oh. get radio butt. And Re- Rex Road, <laughs> Rex Road must do squats. He's, he must do leg day every day. Like his lower half. It's, it's 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 in charge. Radio butt. He, he will he will throw that thing around, man. Marquise Munson. Perfect official for this game. Butt. If D-Mace doesn't want to officiate, if he wants to play and we want to go to three on three, Chase McCabe would make the perfect NBA ref. Yeah, he is the constable. He does have a yeah. whistle and he, a baton. He has a whistle. He'd be shaving points. He'd be like Tim Donaghy. <laughs> he'd be a rogue official. He'd be great. He's like, that's a, oh, like travel, travel, travel. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm still I dribbling. I do anything. What are you talking <laughs> I'm literally still dribbling the ball. I'm not even, I don't even have the ball. What are you? <laughs> nah, don't worry about He's it. He's like, no, I got Ricky minus three. He's doing <laughs> yeah, the, the wrong yeah. hand signals yep. for travel. In. Yep. Chase blows his whistle and says, that's icing. <laughs> like, what? Icing? No, we're not playing hockey. Oh, that's two minutes for interference, Brandon. Two minutes for interference. Two minutes in the box. And then Chase can be the sideline reporter, and he can interview us in the room afterwards and ask us leading questions like, it's got to feel really good to get a win last night, doesn't it? It's got to feel good to get a couple hey, apples, a couple hey, assists, huh? Hey, hey Kaylee. Hey, Kay- Kaylee and, uh, and, and, and Galsy, how was your, your game today? <laughs> it's got to be a good feeling beating a couple of 25-year-olds, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Constable, next question. All right, next. Derek yeah. Mason is mad about something that transpired in the NFL on Monday Night Football. Stay there. 918, welcome back into Morning Drive. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, Adam Vingan in about 10 minutes. The big finish, 945. But Derek Mason did not like what transpired on Monday Night Football, and you want to get some... Uh, some takes going because Sam Darnold said that he was seeing ghosts on Monday night against Bill Belichick in that Patriots defense, and you're not happy about it. Yeah, I'm not because, you know, the NFL, ESPN, you know, they, they, they have this, you know, this partnership where, you know, guys are mic'd during the game, and, you know, it, it gives people an insight to, to what's going on um, at times. They don't air all of it because some things they just don't air – um, if like plays are being called and all that other stuff, they don't want to air that because you don't want to give your opposing team, you know, stuff to go back to and watch uh, because everybody's hearing it. So there are things, and then the curse words, obviously, they they kind of bleep out and everything. Uh, but did, there was, did you uh, real quick? Did you hear the Dana Holgerson comments that got mm-hmm. that was that got that got caught by a live a live mic this weekend for he he's the coach of the Houston Cougars. He was like, I can't bleeping coach this bleep. No, all on all on all on national TV. Different different problem, but same kind of thing. Like just complaining Mm -hmm. about his team and his players and his coach, coaching staff. That's not good. So what happened was, um, you know, Darnold played horrible that game. Um, He wasn't getting any protection, but he played horrible as well. And you know, he went back to the sideline, and he's Mike. And he had been struggling that night, completed 11 or 32 passes, not even 100 yards and four interceptions. But he got caught on one of the mics. Now, what happens is they, they're taping this stuff, but 
it's not live. A lot of stuff is edited, and then it goes. It has to go through a chain of people before it's actually released. NFL Films yeah, has to sign off on exactly. It. NFL Films has to sign off on whatever we are able to hear. So Sam Darnold went back to the sideline, and he had a frustrating day. And he admitted, he said, "And listen, it was like I was seeing ghosts out there." He said that while he was mic'd up. So they allowed everyone to hear that, and my thing. You know, they okayed it, which well, which now it shouldn't have been okay. Real, now, real quickly, the, the bosses for NFL yeah. films are saying they're upset with the lower level guy exactly for who, who's on the sideline who allowed it to, to go happen, through. Yeah, uh, who knows if that's true or not? Yeah, they got to blame somebody. Cut, right, yeah. right. You got to blame somebody. You got to put a head on a stick. Exactly. Right? So here's my problem with this. Um, now, you know, Adam Gase is like, listen, we're, we're we are pushing back against all of that now. We are, because there are some things, yes, I know you want the fans to get an in-depth view and, and listen to some things that are going on, but that right there with a young rising star in this league, you can't do that to them. They would have never done it to Tom Brady. They would have never done it to Drew Brees. You can't do that to a young quarterback like that, man. And now you embarrass him in front of everybody. Yes, there are moments in games, man, where things are just not going right, especially as a quarterback. But you don't then compound it and embarrass him. And he's in the New York market, too. You know, he's going to get crushed for this. You just don't embarrass them. To me, some heads need to roll for this one because this is just inexcusable. You don't you do not do this to a young man that's still working his way through the NFL. You just, I mean, he just, just came back. You know, team's bad. He played bad. And then you do that. Some, somebody, somebody's going to get fired for this one. And rightfully so, or suspended. Rightfully so. Because this can, this cannot happen. They allow, you know. The, the the jet said okay to it all. You could put a mic on our quarterback because if you don't okay it, they they can't do it. Right. And then you but then there's lose. A vetting, there's a vetting process for everything that gets recorded. Exactly. In the and moment. you lose and you so, lose the trust of the player, other well, players around the league and teams. Like, listen, we're not doing this again. We're not. You embarrass one of our players, and it's bad for the NFL. So, I, I will say about the process. If 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 something that shouldn't get through you know on the microphone got got through got pushed through by somebody and that was a mistake based on sort of company guidelines then i'm okay with somebody getting in trouble over it i here's my other take on this though like if you're a fan and you're watching your favorite court like if you're the titans fan and you're watching marcus against the denver game what do you think marcus was saying on the sidelines like what what, what do you think he's got do you think he's going over there and being like hey guys what are you guys making for thanksgiving like what what is it that you think quarterbacks are saying when they're 11 of 32 like are they going over to the sideline and talking about how great they are like no they're going over there complaining about how all different kinds of things, right? Like the mm-hmm. offensive line needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Why did my receiver? Like I'd be more upset if I was Sam Darnold caught on film saying something negative about a teammate. Like that's where I would be really pissed off. If I, if I was a quarterback and I, and I get busted on a mic saying, man, Corey Davis is dropping everything I throw to him. Like that would get me in real trouble with not only my te- my fans but with my teammates. Right. That strikes me as a really like no no fly zone sort of really off limits. Yeah, Darnold's just taking a shot to, at himself. To basically. me, he's just saying, "Hey, man, I can't. I, I'm missing. I, I don't have it today." Yeah, like, I didn't take it as nearly as dramatically as maybe. And again, this is one of those where if Sam Darnold's not offended, I don't really think that I can be more offended than the victim here. If he really is offended about this. Then I then I then I'm okay with people getting upset about it. Certainly, Le'Veon Bell's upset about it. 
Certainly Adam Gase is upset about it. NFL but films. But Sam Darnold is not going to say anything because then it makes it look even worse. Sure. If he comes out and say anything. My thing is that. But, but what do you expect you, players you, who are playing no, badly to say on the sideline? Like, I, I get it, but you lose the trust. Now everybody is going to second guess about I don't want this mic because some guys just don't like mics. They I don't I don't want to have it on me. You know, you pick somebody else. I just don't because I want to be zoned in on the game. You have the right to decline if yeah, it's you have the right okay. to decline. You don't have to do it. And and to me, he 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 accepted it. He said I would love to do it because he trusted whatever was being said that some things would be protected. And you broke the trust for guys. I'm, I'm just saying, players take trust as as to the infinite degree, and you gotta trust the guys that you're out there with, and you trust that whoever you've given an insight to, that they're going to do what's right. That wasn't right to expose a young, a second year guy. Well, yeah, second year guy that has been struggling. You don't expose him like that. You just don't. I, and Adam Gates is right. He's upset. Le'Veon Bell's upset. And, and, and the bad part about it, Darnold can't say anything. He yeah. can't. Well, that's why. And his team is coaching. Exactly. Again, he can't I, say I, anything. I guess I, I don't think this qualifies as like the wussification argument because I think that's the other side of the argument. It's like, oh, this is the wussification. Be tougher than that. And no, I think there is a lot of trust here that needs to be built up. And you have to trust the NFL Films Department to do the right thing. And, and like, again, if I was ripping on a coach – you know, if I'm if I'm talking to, if I'm if I'm Marcus and I'm talking to Tannehill on the sideline and I'm ripping on Arthur Smith, that better not see the light of day. Like that that's just, that's that would be sort of exposing a player to his coaching staff in a really inappropriate way. You have to have boundaries, right? Le- levels of privacy. Um, same thing if you were talking about a teammate, if you were talking about the fans, even like if Sam Darnold's over there going like, why are there more Patriots fans in the, in the crowd than the Jets fans? Like that would be a really bad look. I just don't. I don't. I guess. I guess I just don't see how this is overly offensive as as it as it pertains to his specific comment his specific comment is man i'm not playing well but, basically but, but like i'm Le- seeing ghosts no like, you're right but the Patriots like, are the most dominant defense we've seen in like 10 years or but whatever the, like, Le'Veon bell said is this he says there's a reason we've never heard other quarterbacks frustrated on the sideline like this before if you watch nfl films, maybe that's you right. don't maybe see right. quarterbacks frustrated you might see the body language but you don't hear what they never say they never put out what they're frustrated over you are here. You are, yeah, come on, guys, let's go, let's go. But you don't hear what they're frustrated over because they, you, they, whether I be it, whether it be it right or wrong, they protect the quarterbacks on the field and they protect them off the field. Considering yeah, no, it, right about that. considering it could very well end up being a marquee quarterback in this league, mm-hmm. in the number one media capital of the world. So you're saying the league should be protecting a future star investment. Yeah, that's yeah. where he gets. The, you can get dangerous no, 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 in no, no, that no. territory, though. They protect all quarterbacks. You're, no, you're right about it's, that. It's not you're just. Right it's that. not just Sam Darnold. They protect because they know. Why do you think they've changed the rules? Because they're, that's their prized possession. I, I, I that's guess their prized commodity. Their quarterback. No, you're right. I, I can see though. But in how, New York, is even worse. I can see though how this particular comment got cleared by somebody in the heat of the battle in the moment, though, right? Because yeah. clearly, if I heard Sam Darnold ripping on his out on ripping on Adam Gase, mm-hmm. or ripping on Le'Veon Bell, or ripping on Robbie Anderson, or ripping on the defense, or ripping on the fans, or ripping on ownership, mm-hmm. I would immediately, if I'm that person on the sideline who has the right to clear that audio, I'd immediately say, absolutely not, mm-hmm. no chance. We can't create conflict. Like we're not. Our job is not to create conflict in between teams and ownership and fans and players and teammates. Our job is to just give the fans some insight. And when a player is struggling and all these, I, to me, it's so innocuous. I, I just don't. 
I don't know where you you fall on this, Nick. Maybe you need to break the tie here because I just I, that particular comment doesn't strike me as anything other than explaining what we all saw that night. We all saw. No, it's not the comment. We all saw it's, how terrible he was in it, the in the team. You it's know? Like, not the comment that the comment is the comment. It is what it is. He that's what he was feeling. But it's you, that you. They chose to air it because they've never done that before with other quarterbacks. And I'm sure other We've quarterbacks We've never heard a have, single quarterback ever say, like, man, I had a bad game. Or go, I'm, not, no, no, or I'm go, throwing the ball go wrong. Back. Or, they've never okay. showed a quarterback where he's either went off on a coach or, you know, or said, you know, man, I, I'm playing horrible or, you know, I'm seeing ghosts or anything like that. So you don't they, think, like, oh, like, back, like, like even have. back in the yeah. day of. Remember back when Steve Sable would narrate mm-hmm. NFL films in the 80s and 90s, like Phil Simms coming off the sideline, bad performance, Parcells chews him out, he goes to the sideline, yeah. he's sitting next to Stephen Baker, and he's like, I'm seeing triple out there today, dude. Like, you don't nah, think those things have ever been I've seen that hundreds of times. No, I'm not saying it hasn't been said, but I don't recall any of that ever being shown. Because here's the, they protect the quarterbacks. They don't want the quarterbacks well, right to look bad. They just don't. You might play bad. And everybody can see it, but they don't then want to take that and compound it and start, you know, airing everything that's going on on the sideline in, in regards to the quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. Adam Bingen coming up next, and then we got the big finish. Stay there. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. Nick Braden, D Mace, Marquise with you. The big finish coming up at 945. Right now, we talk a little hockey. We talk a little Preds. Our pal Adam Vingen from The Athletic joins us here on this Wednesday. Adam, what's going on? How are you? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So, a sixth spot last night. The offense continues to roll. If I were to say that I feel that there is a strong probability that this could be the number one offense in the NHL when we get to March, April, May, your answer to that would be what? Ooh, that's tough. Um, the way they're playing, certainly, uh, they're they're trending that way. I think I, they have 38 goals in nine games, uh, which is astounding. I mean, the, the one thing that I was uh, pretty amazed by when I looked it up last night is they've already have five games this season out of nine where they've scored at least five goals. Last season, they had 12 in 82 games. So already scoring in bunches early this season. And I look at last night's game as, as the perfect example or close to as, as close to a perfect example of how this team can be successful with all of that offense. Pecorine had a fantastic game. I think the defense, despite only giving up one goal, you know, is still a work in progress. But if that can be shored up, you know, this team's in a really good spot. Uh, as for your question, there are a lot of other teams in this league that have high-powered offenses. So, you know, I imagine the Predators might regress at some point this season, so maybe not the best offense. But the way they're going, it's hard to imagine them hard to imagine them not being one of the best offenses by the end of the season. So, so largely, all things are good so far. Um, but let's let's ask about the some of the things you can poke holes in. What, what are you most concerned about? You uh, see, Saros, Craig Smith, or the overall defensive performance? Well, I think the defense overall has gotten. Uh, has gotten better over time. It's still not great. Um, and with UC Saros, you know, I wrote about this yesterday on The Athletic. Um, you know, he tends to have these stretches at the beginning of seasons where he, he struggles, at least according to his numbers, and then he heats up 
Um, Craig Smith is an interesting one to me, and he's the one that has caught my eye the most, just because with as good as this offense has been through nine games, he has yet to score. And he's used to having goal droughts. I mean, he's a streaky player, as most scorers are. So that in itself isn't concerning to me. It's the fact that when you look at his underlying metrics, the amount of shot attempts and shots that he's getting off are way down from his normal uh, his normal uh, output. I mean, last year, I believe he was seventh in the NHL in shots at five on five per 60 minutes. I think he had 10.6 per 60 minutes. This year, he's like 11th or 12th on the team, at least before last night's game. So, I mean, he did play on the left side for the first time in the first three games. He's in the bottom six now, and that might be affecting his output. But you, you, see, you see the tenacity on the puck is still there. But the fact that he's not getting shots off at the same extent that we're used to seeing is a little troubling uh, to me. Again, it's only nine games in, so that could change. But, you know, for as many goals as this team has scored, for Craig Smith not to be involved in some way is unlike him. Uh, Adam Pekka last night in the postgame interview was essentially crediting a nap as why he played so well, (laughs) which I found comical. But what I took from that was more just – he seems like a guy who's far more confident in his team in front of him every night. Not necessarily the defensive play, but just the team in general. Knowing that he doesn't have to, to walk that razor's edge and be perfect, he can give up to because he knows his team can score three or four. Are you getting that same vibe from him and, and from the locker room? Yeah, I, I think so. Peter Laviolette might tend to differ. You know, He said last night about Pekka's performance that you, know, you need your goaltender to make some big saves, but maybe not the six or seven that Pekka had to make last night. Um, because even though the score was lopsided, if Pekka doesn't make some of those saves, the game's a lot closer uh, than, it, than it, it turned out to be. So, you know, the team has the offensive horses, so to speak, in front of him uh, to score a lot of goals, which means he doesn't have to be the, you know, the deciding factor every night. But, you know, the, he is being required to make some big saves every night. And UC Soros as well, which goes back to the defensive play. So, you know, maybe only making him have to make one or two grade A saves versus five or six would be preferable. Uh, but, you know, he's been on this team long enough. He has the confidence in the players in front of him. So uh, I really do think he deserves a lot of credit for that game last night. I know that we'll look at the goals, but, you know, without Pekka, you know, stopping a penalty shot and making some other great saves. You know, that game might be a 6-4 or 6-5 game instead of a 6-1 game. Now, Yossi, um, he had a goal and an assist last night. He's um, fourth on the – well, third – he's third on the team, or second on the team because he's tied with uh, – he's right behind Forsberg and Arvison and goals with four. Um, do you think it's going to come back and bite the Predators that they didn't get a deal signed earlier for Yossi? If That's he continues to play this way. Right. I mean, this is this is how he's been playing for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roman Yossi, despite you know some of his flaws on the defensive end, is an elite offensive defenseman. And you know, we've heard reports lately from multiple insiders that you know, they're trying to that Yossi's representation is trying to make Roman the third highest paid defenseman in the NHL behind Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty. And you know, my sense is similar. I mean, I've always thought that it was going to take at least $9 million per season to lock up Roman Yossi. Um, on the open market, he is definitely an eight-figure salary defenseman. Um, but, 
You know, he had him play last night where he deked through a couple of guys and, and had a great shot and missed. And I, my, my friend Robbie Stanley said that if, if he would have scored on that goal, you know, you just might as well have backed up the Brinks truck to the, to the dressing room um, with how well he's been playing. But, I mean, this is just Yossi in a nutshell. He's, he's an elite offensive defenseman, and there is risk involved in paying him that much money, especially when you consider, A, the fact that he'll be 30 years old when his contract starts next year. And B, he does have a history of concussions, which is always a, a you know a, a spotty kind of thing. But you know, I can't imagine a scenario in which this does not get done eventually. Um, I know that it's probably surprising to a lot of people that it's not done yet. Um, but I know, but the way he's playing, you know, he's certainly strengthening his case to to get the money that his side wants. Uh, Adam, final one for you. Last night when Yossi scored a goal, I put out a little reminder tweet saying. Yossi was my preseason prediction to win the Norris Trophy, and a lot of people said, yeah, he's having a great year, wouldn't be surprised. But don't be surprised if Ryan Ellis works his way into the conversation. How would you describe the way he's played through nine games? Oh, he's been great. I mean, he has nine assists in his past five games. Um, Another one last night um, after having uh, two assist games in each of his previous four. I mean, he just seems... Last year, I felt like something seemed off about Ryan Ellis. I can't really quite put my finger on it. I mean, his numbers last year were were good, but the eye test wasn't. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people think back to that play against the Stars in the playoffs where Jamie Benn just pushed him off the puck with ease, leading to a goal. Um, but this year, he just seems a lot more poised. The eye test, I feel like, is starting to match the numbers, which wasn't the case last year. I mean, the numbers have been great. He looks great. Um, he's getting more opportunity quarterbacking that second power play. Um, you know, I think he's looked great. I mean, I think there was a lot of hesitation or some worry about how he was going to look this being the first year of that eight-year contract. But so far, you know, on both ends, I think Ryan Ellis has looked really good. Adam, good spot as always. We appreciate the time. We'll chat again next Wednesday. All right, guys. Thanks. You got it. Adam Vingan with us. That was something I brought up last year before the playoff series when Chase was still producing the show. And I said, we, when we had conversations about Ryan Ellis and $6 million a year, and I said, you know, Ryan Ellis, statistically, I'm looking at his, you know, his box score and his season stats. It's a Ryan Ellis statistical season, but we're not feeling the impact on the ice. Now this year, you definitely are. Yeah, I just remember going back, and again, going back to the year they won the President's Trophy, and he, he was injured for most of the first half of that season. He came back, and, and not only was he like plus 26 in like 42 games or something crazy like that, but he was scoring huge goals. Uh, especially on the power play, you know, three minutes to go down one, Ryan Ellis was coming through for you. You know, you know, tie game, a minute and a half to go, Ryan Ellis was coming through for you. And statistically, he had a good year last year, but it, it didn't feel like he was nearly as impactful. Coming off the Winnipeg series where he, he and, and, and Yossi got pushed around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then last year, the whole team got pushed around a little bit. So I, I think there's a renewed sense of purpose with this team. Um, and, and again, long, long way to go. I, 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 again, all you can do is analyze what you've seen. And so far, what you, what I've seen is a team playing with a little bit more purpose on offense, clearly more talented with Duchesne, but there's just an extra sense of edge and attitude, and, I, and I, I'm going to keep harping on that until I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Because last night, you know, Pekka makes great saves, but then they go out and they step on their throat. You're up 4 nothing, and it's a beer game at that point. You're, you're kicked up with your heels, drinking a beer, going, all right, go Preds. So I, I think th- those are – that they – they're working on developing all the different parts of their game. The power play is better. The penalty kill needs to get better. 
You know, UC's going to play better, I think. I'm not concerned about it. Uh, apparently, you guys had a call earlier today about UC Saros. Did I hear about that? Yeah. yeah. Preds win 6-1, Pekka's great, but Adam said, you know, I don't think UC's the long-term answer because he's short. Is this Adam from Portland, our, our boy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam, I love you, man, but Saros is pretty good. He's been through these spells before, so I'm not worried about UC Saros. I came close to throwing my own head through the window. That's, hard, that. that's, that's hard to do. I was going to actually physically detach that's my head and punt it. Man. But that's just me. That would be a sight to see. Yeah. Good hang time on that I think it might, too. I think it might. Yeah, Brett I'd, Kern can teach me a few things. I think, I think it could go viral and we could get some attention for the show. The problem is we wouldn't have a host then. Some would be rooting <laughs> yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. So. All right. Big finish coming up next. Stay there. Guys, let me tell you about Spring Hill. Heating and cooling, of course. Today is the day. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Right now, today. Go to springhillac.com and join the Comfort Club. Because the Comfort Club is what your house needs right now. This is the time of year. The weather is transitioning from the really, really hot to the really, really cold. And I keep telling you guys this, and you all know it. Your house works overtime during the peak heat and cold times of the year, right? Winter's coming up. It's going to be super cold, which means your house is going to work overtime. Now is the time to get all those parts and pieces checked up. Make sure they're running smoothly and efficiently. It'll save you money in the long run. It'll save you money on the big big purchase or repair it'll also save you money on your bills it's why i use spring hill heating and cooling it's why we're not using the other guys anymore just spring hill heating and cooling locally owned over two decades of experience in the middle tennessee market and of course they just opened a second office out on the west side on highway 100 south of dixon so they can take care of even more people because you've rewarded them with your business check them out springhillac.com join the comfort club you get two checkups per year in between the peak seasons to make sure your house is running smoothly. It'll save you money. It's why my family uses them. You shouldn't be using the other guys any longer. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. SpringHillAC.com is the website. SpringHillAC.com. We've had a big show. Big finish time here on Morning Drive. We do it each and every day at 945. And the big finish, Brayden Gall, is B-T-Y-B. Nashville SC. That's a website that you can buy tickets. NashvilleSC.com for all those MLS seats coming up next year, the inaugural season. You don't want to miss it. NashvilleSC.com. That is correct. And if you want a pair of tickets right now to see Nashville SC at First Tennessee Park for the first round of the USL playoffs this Saturday, be caller 5 right now, 615-737-1025. Let's get to the rewind. Welcome into Morning Drive. Nick Kale, Braden Gall, Derek Mason, Marquise Munson with you here on this Wednesday. Boys, happy hump day. Happy hump day. Hump day. Hump day. What day is it? Hump what day is day. it? Hump day. As far as I'm concerned, like I said yesterday on the show, it doesn't need to be just Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You can have tacos any day. Yeah, you can. And what? it can be hump day any day of the week as well. What hump can't... day Wednesday. <laughs> Why can't it be Valley Day? Because I've always looked at well, it. Well, I was always pro Bayside back in the Saved by the Bell days. You know, yeah. Bayside versus Valley. You had to choose a side. <laughs> well, how can it be Valley Day? Because after Wednesday or Wednesday on after, you're looking up because it's went Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're looking up, man. You're inching closer. Yeah, you're inching closer. So I'm like, Valley Day. <laughs> Valley Day, baby. 
We'll begin with the Preds. They beat the Ducks last night 6-1. to But as you've said, Mace, on this show, you know, offensively, this team right now, I mean, they look like absolute world beaters. Yeah, man. Two goals in the first, two goals in the second, two goals in the third. When it seemed like Anaheim was, I'm not going to say they was mounting some type of comeback, but it seemed as if, you know, they were getting a little momentum. And then after their, their goal, because of the turnover on the Predator side of the ice, you know, they come back 30 seconds later. Victor Arvidsson finds himself with a go after his scrappiness that's all that was was just pure you know they get on the other end the puck moves around a little bit and you just see victor arvison fighting for the puck two guys on this show devout laker fans will the los angeles lakers recover from last night and can they rebound with 81 games to go? Yeah, why you got to do this, man? I'm, I'm just wondering. Are they six ten? Are they mathematically in trouble of missing the postseason? It's panic mode. Fire yeah. Frank Vogel right yeah, now. Fire Vogel. LeBron needs to retire. Anthony yeah, Davis um, is d- damaged goods. Get Jason Kidd. Make him the coach right now. Um, bring build, Magic Johnson back in. Build the team around Danny Green. <laughs> exactly. Build the team around Danny Green. Where is Byron Scott when you need him? <laughs> exactly. But LeBron's not even the best player on his team, and I think he realizes that, and hopefully he can continue to play that way because if he doesn't, they're going to have problems. If he does, then I think it will be a matchup in the Western Conference Final. It'll be the Clippers and the Lakers. I'll tell you one thing, D-Mace. If the Lakers lose on Friday to the Utah Jazz, I'm not going to be here. Let's welcome in the head coach of Vanderbilt, Derek Mason, joining us. If Moesan's healthy, Moesan's the quarterback. And Riley Neal will be the backup. You know, that was about, you know, being able to take charge of the huddle. That was about being able to provide energy and give, you know, man, this team its best chance. And I believe Moesan does that. But like I told him, you know, after the game, I'm proud of him. But if you want to play this position here at Vanderbilt, okay, man, you got it. It's got to look a certain way. You got to be a certain way. If you can't be that, okay, man, man, you, you won't be the guy. And that's it. I'm sure the missus got something to you know say to you about the team that she did before. So missus got to be happy, right? It'd be good. It'd Mrs. Be good Mason got to be happy. <laughs> hey, she, she 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 told me she told me when it was all said done. Like, where's that defense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Mason got to be happy. Yeah, got to win it, it, because now you can go into the bye week. Feel a little good about yourself. Oh, man. yeah. Vacation, if you take a little mini vacation, it feels a little better. You feel a little better about yourself. Man. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, you don't Dinner walk tastes the, different. Exactly. You, <laughs> you don't walk into the into the bye week like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. a grind. Now you walk to the bye week, your chest out a little bit, you know, turn the Marvin Gaye up just a little bit louder, you know. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. You, you, you think when Derek Mason walks into his palatial estate after that upset win, he slams down his duffel bag and yells anchor down to the wife? Braden is here. He will join us. And he's brought goodies, folks. He's brought goodies. Mm. Braden, Braden went to the bakery. I like it. Bakery, bakery, dickery, dot. Braden's on the clock with the donut. Say good morning. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. That was a great... Yeah, talk to the people, man. What's wrong? Derek Mason, that was a great interview with Derek Mason. Yeah. Derek I, Mason went to Mason. I listened to every second of it. He seemed very happy. Oh, he should be. Absolutely. He's going to turn up at Marvin Gaye. Wow. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> Let's get it on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> baby. Sean Henry, Nashville Predators CEO. I was there working at Yankee Stadium. My company used to uh, operate some facets of the operations, and I was working the end. You know, I was doing outside on the streets, and then I got to watch the game. It was game six. The Yankees were up 3-2 to two after being down 2 nothing, 
and I found myself standing on a forklift pallet jack with Dave Winfield in the ninth inning. And when that ball popped up 600 feet above third base, and Charlie Hayes settled underneath it and caught it, just like Greg Nettles did against the Red Sox you know, 20 years earlier, that big, big man kicked me up. Now, we're eight feet off the ground, elevated in right field, looking over the outfield wall. <laughs> And he grabbed me like I was a rag doll and started hugging on me. And I, my mixture of fear and elation was so <laughs> intertwined. I don't know if I should wet my pants out of fear or out of excitement. I well, never knew Willie went from being a Yankee fan to a Met fan. Well, it, there's, a, there's a story there to it. It's, I mean, that's like D-May saying, you know what, I'm done with my Range Rover. I'm going to get a Geo Prism. <laughs> Hey, I'm sitting in the room, dude. Like, I'm sitting right here. I can hear the words you're, you're saying. I don't have the full background. I think he was given a choice. He's married to a diehard Red Sox fan, which also might have been part of the equation as well. Uh, so there's some... You got to stand up for yourself, th- Willie. There's a lot of... There's a lot of... Weird Willie going on. Just, weird Willie. Weird, weird, weird Willie. There's all Weird Willie calling games on Fox Sports. Oh, baby. <laughs> there you have it. Morning just, Drive Daily Rewind. I just saw Weird Willie oh, walking through Weird the parking Willie. lot. He's walking through the parking lot. <laughs> what if he comes in this morning and goes, you know, I'm no longer a Mets fan. I'm going to be a Marlins guy. Double Weird Willie. <laughs> yeah, you know you know where the Mets are? Same damn place the Yankees are. Yeah. Sitting there, so. bus at home. Same place as the Phillies. If you ain't first, you last. And, oh, by the way, Chase's Braves. Yeah. Great word to Bobby. Go Strohs. All right, that's it for us. Darren Donick, Chase, coming up next. I will watch an NBA game tonight. Memphis, John Morant's debut. How about that? Boom. Yeah, it's true. John Morant plus six for Celtics. At Miami. All right. A little NBA for you tonight? Oh, you know that. Come on, man. I'm just checking. Mess with me like that. The Grizz, baby. It's the year of the Grizz. Philly will lose tonight. I told you that already. Probably right. All right, that's it. Darren Donick and Chase are coming up next. As one famous man once said on social media when he signed off on his video posts. I'm just saying, take care. (laughs) Bailey DJ Nashville, I love you.